This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman. Welcome to episode 128 of the On The Banks Podcast. I'm your host and managing editor, Aaron Brightman. Thank you so much for listening once again and a busy time here for Rutgers Athletics entering the third week of February. And it was quite a weekend for Rutgers wins all around multiple sports. Wanted to just touch on a few, obviously starting with men's hoops. Uh, unbelievable. First time in program history. Third uh, consecutive game with a win over a ranked foe on the road this time at Wisconsin. And I really just, you know, it wasn't just the win itself, but it was the way in which Rutgers just from the opening tip on, you could just see in their eyes early on in the game. They just look different to me uh, in terms of their focus and, and the way they approached that game um, really just outclassed Wisconsin. Um, and while, you know, they, they squandered a lead and, and it was kind of back and forth for a while, I really never watched that game thinking that they weren't going to win because I just think that they had a presence about themselves and a, and a purpose they played with um, that was really, really encouraging. And it just seems like this team is really starting to, to figure things out uh, their identity, um, their roles. I think that's really been key. Um, and obviously, Paul Mulcahy's evolution has been a huge part of that. But I think overall, everyone has kind of settled into new roles. Uh, the starting five, they, they all do certain things really well. And they've been able to blend and mesh together now in a way that that obviously was not there in November. I know everybody wanted it to be. I know that Steve Peichel's declaration, this is his best team ever. Um, led people to believe would be in there in November. And unfortunately, you know, that's just not how things went, you know, in, in life, you know, uh, things aren't linear like that. And um, I think the uh, obviously super positive and encouraging thing is that this team has figured things out in more ways than one. And they look, I mean, right now they're playing like a top three team in the conference um, and the opportunities in front of them are there uh, now on Wednesday night at Jersey Mike's arena, they, ha- they host Illinois, a team that beat them by 35 points on the road in December, a team that beat them by 21 in the Big Ten tournament last March, but that has lost twice in their last two trips to Piscataway uh, the previous two seasons. So Rutgers is going to have all the confidence in the world. You know, Illinois is obviously a, a really difficult match, uh, matchup. Kofi uh, Coburn uh, in the middle. Um, I really hope that Rutgers does not try to double him this time like they did on the road. Um, and I think just, you know, defensively, you're going to see McConnell probably on Cabello. Trent Frazier is going to be a problem for Geo Baker. I think it's, it's, it's definitely a difficult matchup, but hey, who's to doubt this team? And if they could get this win, a fourth consecutive rank win, we're seeing that the national perception changing. They won national team week of the week from ESPN and the NCAA.com, Andy Katz. Um, you know, they're in the bubble conversation now, but a win on Wednesday obviously would do, um, uh, you know, be another quad one victory, put them at six for the season. They're borderline at seven with Michigan teetering between that number 30 ranking. I think they're down to 35 right now. Rutgers holding steady at 81 really needs to get into the seventies. You know, that's where St. John's made it three years ago. Michigan state made it last year, you know, but the, the bottom line is they have five quad one victories ahead, uh, excuse me, opportunities ahead of them. Uh, and if you get two or three out of there, then really their net's going to be well, well, well beyond the seventies and probably into the sixties and fifties. Um, and I think the moral of the story is you just have to, to win as many games you can out. I think if they get to three out of the next six, 
Uh, they'll be at 12 conference regular season wins heading to the Big Ten tournament. That will put them in a really strong position. But hey, why stop there? I mean, the road games, you know, Penn State just lost, or excuse me, Maryland just lost at Purdue by one possession at the very end of the game. You know, you have uh, Michigan and Indiana on the road as well. Um, Michigan, a team they beat, won't be easy by any means. But I, you know, the way they've played the last week and a half, you can't look at any game left on the schedule and say, hey, Rutgers can't win those. Of course, they could lose them all, too. That's the, <laughs> that's the roller coaster uh, portion of the season. But um, this team is peaking at the right time and uh, really exciting what's ahead. Uh, no matter what happens, I think, um, you know, this has been a memorable season for good, for bad. Um, and uh, really excited to see what this team can do in the next month. Women's basketball, uh, tremendous effort this past Sunday, uh, beating Penn State. We're trailing as much as eight points in the fourth quarter, down three with four minutes to play, put together a 14-0 run to win their first Big Ten game of the year. Uh, Ash Brown, her ninth double-double of the year, leads the NCAA of all active players with career 54 now double-doubles. Um, Lasha Petri had 17 points. Um, this team just, you know, continues to fight. Obviously, um, it's been a, a very difficult season, um, one and twelve in the Big Ten. Um, but you have to uh, give this team credit for never quitting. Um, these players, you know, were dealt a difficult situation, not one they signed up for, by the way. Um, we see Vivian Stringer not being the coach for this season, um, but you have to commend their effort and the fact that they—I mean—they they clawed their way. They they lost by single digits um, at a ranked Ohio State team the game before, and I think that kind of you know, uh, help them in this game against Penn State. They just haven't quit. Um, six uh, one-possession losses now in conference play. And there's four four games to go, and uh, hopefully they can pull out a couple more. Uh, wrestling had a, a win over Maryland this past weekend, um, and they, uh, you know, are rapidly approaching the Big Ten championships and uh, nationals just about a month away. Um, so I'm really uh, excited to see what that team can do. Men's lacrosse off to a 3-0 and start for a second consecutive year. Um, just demolished St. John's 23 to six this past weekend. Women's lacrosse started their season off um, against Delaware with a 16-8 win. Host Army, uh, both teams host Army next uh, Wednesday night for women's and men's uh, a top 10 uh, showdown between two top 10 ranked teams on uh, Saturday uh, against Army as well. Uh, so lacrosse, exciting prospects for both teams. Track and field continues to, to make progress in the indoor season. Um, just set uh, two more records. Uh, two of the best athletes, Courtney Campbell, uh, set a new record in the high jump. And Alex Carlson, freshman, earned her fourth career school record, uh, this time in the 1,000 meters this past weekend. But she's been a long-distance star for this program very early on in her career. And it's a program that doesn't get enough uh, publicity but is, is doing really well. And hey, let's talk about women's tennis uh, off to a 4-2 start and uh, just swept UConn 7-0 uh, this past weekend. Uh, always great to get a win over UConn regardless of the sport. So I had to mention them as well. And then the Super Bowl, uh, a battle between um, Los Angeles Rams uh, overcoming uh, Cincinnati Bengals late. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day uh, winning a Super Bowl ring for Rutgers. Uh, only played three snaps coming off an injury was a key figure for that team early on in the season. Uh, it's good to see that he did get some action and congratulations to him. Um, and also congratulations to Clark Harris, 14 years with the Cincinnati Bengals or his NFL career uh, with the Bengals the last decade um, and was, was in as the long snapper. So, um, you know, he, he's had a, a quite a run there as well, but 
with all that going on, wanted to really focus this episode on Rutgers baseball. Their season begins this weekend on the road against a three-game set against Houston Baptist. Coming off quite a season last year uh, in Steve Owens' uh, second year, finishing eighth in the Big Ten, the best uh, finish for Rutgers uh, since joining the Big Ten, um, and also winning percentage 477, uh, going 21 and 23. And, and important to note that all of them were Big Ten uh, games, 44 Big Ten games, unprecedented. Um, obviously, due to COVID, there was no non-conference play last year. So for them to do what they did uh, really was impressive uh, just early on in this rebuild of the program under Owens. And I was really excited to speak to him to preview year three for his team. And we welcome him in now. It's my pleasure to now welcome in Rutgers head baseball coach Steve Owens entering his third season at Rutgers after making significant progress last season. Coach Owens, thanks for being here. How has the preseason gone so far for you? Well, thank you. It's gone. It's gone okay. Things have been a little more normal this year. We were able to have regular practices in the fall and so far in the winter. Last year, you know, we didn't get to practice in the fall very much. And then it was a very extended winter because, you know, we didn't start till like March 6th or something. So it was like three weeks delayed or two or three weeks delayed. Uh, so this has been a little bit more normal. You know, we've been able to get outside on our field probably 10 times or so, including playing like seven days in a row last week. Um, or six days, we have six days in a row of practice, you know, Tuesday through Saturday, uh, including we played about, played about 25 innings last weekend. So, you know, we haven't been able to do that, you know, and, and uh, in a couple of years where, you know, you get normal type preparation. And, and uh, so I'm pretty pleased with the amount of work we got done. Obviously, you don't know where you're at until you start playing other teams. And just in terms of your tenure, obviously, all in the midst of, of a global pandemic with COVID, also making the transition to the Big Ten. Uh, how has that process been? You obviously had the, the shortened season last uh, two years ago, the all Big Ten schedule last season. Now you, as you said, uh, returning to some normalcy with your schedule, with your, your off-season workouts. How has the progress been in your eyes and how has it met your own expectations so far? Well, it was... It's been it's been challenging and difficult. Just you know, not so much what's happened with the seasons, more so than you know being shut down from recruiting and evaluating. Um, you know, during a long dead period. You know, when the the way we change the program is you know is with players. Um, so that kind of put you know put a hurting on things a little bit for a while. Uh, we feel pretty good about how we've recruited. We feel very good with the progress that was made last year, especially our team was very competitive, improved immensely in performance in, in a lot of areas. Uh, the culture also was much better. The buy-in, you know, there was more competition to play. Uh, we were a little short in depth in some areas. And I think we did some outstanding stuff last year to get ourselves in a, in a position of, of being pretty legitimate. And then we faltered a little uh, in the home stretch where, you know, things didn't go our way. Um, but again, you know, we, if we had a big 10 tournament, we would have been in it last year. And that's the first time that that would have happened. Very, we had some very uh, high awards and honors from our players. And, you know, we did, 
We led the Big Ten in road wins, um, you know, winning more games in one year than they had won in the previous five or six. So there's some stuff that um, that really uh, showed some promise. We're excited to you know, build build on some of those successes and, and go into a normal year. So touching on some of those uh, highlights from last year, you had seven and five record against NCAA regional qualifiers. You had that five game stretch, obviously, which was the highlight. The two wins against Michigan and then the sweep of uh, Big Ten champ uh, Nebraska. What was the biggest takeaway from there? And I guess even though, like you said, you had a little bit of a backslide to end the season, how how important is it to be able to point to that success that you had during that time uh, for the confidence of this team moving forward? It was very important. Um, I think our players, you know, part of part of success is confidence and the players understanding and believing that they stack up and, and that they can compete at this level every day. And I, I feel like playing 44 conference games has never been done by any other team or any other conference, you know, aside from big 10 baseball last year. I mean, it's a grind. Um, so we, we at least tested ourselves against the best for, for a whole year. Um, you know, weekends only uh, some three game weekend and some four game weekends, um, a lot of travel and extended rosters based on COVID extensions, as well as a shortened draft for the past two years. So you had a lot of old kids that were really good. And uh, the competition level in the conference, in my opinion, was extremely high. So, and I think it will be again this year, just like across college baseball, there's, there's more good players that should be in the minor leagues. Um, so um, that being said, though, I think um, – we showed that we can beat the best teams in our conference on the road. We need to do a better job at home. Um, and then we get to play 13 midweek, midweek games this year, uh, which are important to get additional at-bats during the week, play defense during the week, get other guys pitching experience during the week, instead of just playing, you know, cranking it up every Friday. We get to play a game on Tuesday or Wednesday or both. Um, and that's – the game is played – you know, at the professional level, it's played every day at the college level. You know, we would have four, four games on most weeks with a Tuesday game, you know, and then some, some weeks we have five. So the, the game is just played. It's designed to be played a lot. And I think that's how you get good at it. And just jumping into the roster a little bit, uh, you have, uh, I believe seven starters back, um, you know, 20 letter winners from last year. Obviously, guys like Chris Brito, uh, Ryan Lasko had a you know great freshman campaign. Uh, how much progress has your returning core made, and how uh, important are they to continued success this season? We we feel that we know those players well that have been in our program now for a year or two. Um, we've been able to make a lot of progress with them, a lot of development, um, spend a lot of time with them, and uh, so we're hoping for for greater performance from them, uh, building on their on their strengths and weaknesses and on their experience. Um, and we have some very, you know, we have some dynamic transfers, um, you know, that came in as well, along with some very good freshman players um, that'll get thrown in the fire, you know, for the, you know, right off the get go. So there's, there's definitely way more experience on the position player side. I feel we're going to defend at a much higher level, which if you looked at Nebraska, they led the team in defense. They led the entire league, and I think that that played a big part 
in them being the most successful team. Uh, so we're hoping to that we've made improvements in, in defense. We're definitely going to hit better. Um, and then, you know, we have we have some very good arms, but um, we lost all of our weekend starting pitching. So, you know, you take the, the bonus is we got a lot of position guys back. Um, the, you know, the area of concern is that we have to figure out our pitching and our guys have to step up and elevate. We probably need to have um, more people pitching, you know, than we've had last year. So wanted to ask about that. Obviously, uh, Harry Rakowski, uh, longtime ace for the program, uh, lost him due to graduation. Ben Moreski was a great pickup you made through the transfer portal. How has using the transfer portal, um, how has that evolved um, in terms of how you approach it? Um, and how important has that been to the process of rebuilding the pitching staff for this season? It's been really important when you're trying to fix a program, you know, and, and we couldn't really you know, there wasn't a lot of scholarship spots and money available, you know, until maybe the 22 class. So it was, you know, some short-term quick changes and fixes. You know, last year, two of those starting pitchers, which all three of them are pitching professionally, you know, came in through the transfer portal. And this year, um, we have three of the, of the potential four or five starting arms that came in through the transfer portal uh, with Nate Florence and Sam Bellow and Jared Kolar. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an important part of the recruiting process. It's, it's totally different. You know, it's a kind of a game changer now that, um, that that's in play. So you have to adapt and figure things out. You know, we've tried to target um, players that go into the portal who, you know, maybe um, we recruited previous and, and they went somewhere else or, you know, they're, they ha they're a very good player and they have a role and maybe they want an expanded role, an opportunity. There's a lot of different reasons why, you know, players go in the portal. Um, and, and, you know, we've had some success with that. And I think uh, we had, I think we'll have some more success with some of the, you know, very good character and very good talented players that we have coming in this year. And uh, wanted to ask just in terms of those newcomers, aside from the, the pitching staff uh, transfers, but in terms of the freshmen you have coming in, uh, who has impressed you most so far and, and you expect to have an impact this season? Josh Kuroda-Gauer has been very consistent. Uh, he's a freshman infielder. Jason Shockley has caught quite a bit for us. He's a freshman. He's a freshman catcher from Delaware. Matt Rowe and Wyatt Parliament are two of our freshman arms that, you know, have very good arms um, and will factor into the mix this year. You know, some on the weekends out of the bullpen and then more more with uh, midweek starts and things like that once we get into, you know, into March and April. Um, you know, and then, um, you know, we had Tony Santa Maria is a South Jersey infielder who transferred in from Iona. He's been really pleasant surprise. He's been a very good player. Um you know, blown away with how well he's performed since he's been here and he's gotten so much better. Nick Samillo is a catcher, came from Manhattan. And uh, Nick is, is going to be our starting catcher. And he's a very good hitter, um, very mature, has power, and just a strong, durable kid. So should be a great addition to the lineup. You know, Garrett uh, Callahan has, uh, is a transfer from Ithaca College, Division three school grad transfer and he's swung the bat pretty well at times too so you know we're getting some some contributions from a bunch of different guys
And just in terms of the schedule, obviously, uh, you know, two years ago, uh, you, you only played 15 games. I'm not sure how much time you had to construct a non-conference schedule. Last year, obviously, there wasn't one. What was your process in terms of developing this season? I know, you know, basically the month of February and early March, you're on the road. Uh, I think 18 of the first 20 games, uh, obviously weather uh, dictating that. But but what was your philosophy in the non-conference schedule and how do you think it's going to prepare you for Big Ten play this season? Well, you know, the, the, the pitchers that throw in the Big Ten games, for the most part, will be the guys that are throwing on our early season weekends anyway. Um, there'll be some changing, you know, as guys evolve and step up. But, you know, the, the midweek schedule, you know, those are in-region teams. Because we're in the Big Ten and sometimes we're going to Iowa and Nebraska and, you know, taking flights in April and May, um, we're, we're going to play as many uh, home games as we can in the middle of the week. People have to come here to play us. Um, we just can't, you know, travel in the middle of the week and travel again on the weekend. So, you know, it's different um, getting on a bus and going an hour for a conference game as it, than it is flying across the country. Uh, so we try to play as many of those as we can at home. I think maybe 10 of our 13 are home. Um, and we'll try to keep that, you know, pretty solid and consistent going forward. Um, but those are a mix of, you know, very good teams from the Ivy League and from other, other Northeast conferences. Um, you know, we're playing St. John's of Seton Hall again, um, you know, good, very good, you know, in-region opponents. Um, so those are, those are ex exciting games. They're also good for um, RPI, um, you know, which we didn't have an RPI last year because it was just all conference. Mm -hmm. So um, to get an at-large bid, which is, a, which is a goal of ours, you know, you have to, you have to win those games um, and, and you have to, you know, develop players in those games while trying to win um, so that, you know, you're serving two purpose. Um, you know, you're, you're putting together a good, strong resume and you're also developing your younger players that don't play as much on the weekends. And uh, how did the, uh, the trip, the four game trip to Hawaii come about? I can imagine that the team's excited about that. And uh, does something like that even resonate with recruits in terms of talking about how you kind of come up with your non-conference? Well, it's something that we make sure that we talk about, you know, when we have an opportunity to talk about schedules. But yeah, we, you know, we always play good teams early. We've tried to play different teams each year early now so that we play a variety of teams from different places and different conferences. Um, we're, we're scheduled out, you know, almost to 2025 uh, with the early weekends. And, you know, I think the Hawaii trip was already in place when I got here. We just, you know, solidified it and, and um, you know, kind of put it on a spring break so that we're going to fly out there and, and play four games instead of three on a weekend. And then, on the way back, we were supposed to be in California, and the team that we were going to play uh, had a conference change of schedule, so we, we lost that. So instead, um, we're going back. We had to pick up a late series in Nebraska-Omaha, um, which, which is in the Summit League, and we're going to come back there two or three days early and try to acclimate our bodies after flying you know, and recover and then play a back weekend. So we just won't have any midweek games uh, on our spring recess, but it gives us an extra day or two in, in Hawaii also, which I don't think is a bad thing. And wanted to ask just in terms of your tenure so far, um, you know, I've always felt that the Rutgers baseball team, that there's a strong alumni support. 
there's real camaraderie between, uh, you know, the players and the alumni. You just had your first pitch dinner last week. You know, major leaguers, Todd Frazier, uh, Patrick Kivlin there. You honored Beef Gardner last year. There was a big turnout. How has that internal support uh, with the alumni of the program and just uh, overall the, the reception you've received? It's been, it's been great. You know, we're, the pandemic has affected that too. The number of functions we can have, people coming to games, you know, people being involved in our program because life, you know, just hasn't been normal. But we've been able to establish some good relationships and, and you know, great, you know, like Todd and Pat coming back and, 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 and helping us out and speaking at, a, you know, an, an excitement dinner or a kickoff dinner. Um, those are wonderful things. We had Brian O'Grady the year before, or actually mm-hmm. two years before. <laughs> so <laughs> the banquet became uh, semi-annual. But I think we've, we've tried very hard. I have, I'm a traditionalist. Um, I've tried as much as I can as a head coach to, you know, honor and, and uh, embrace successful past and build on it and try to rekindle it. And now, you know, I, I think a lot of our events and a lot of the people that we've honored uh, have shown that. And now, you know, we're excited to, to get going and, 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 and build the future. So, you know, I think there's a little, I think people that paid attention last year saw that we were a pretty good club and we're hoping we can be here. And then, um, you know, we start getting some of our larger classes of recruits in um, and, and hopefully building this thing for long-term success. You know, you don't want to, it, it takes a, it, it takes a, there's a process to building a program. Um, you could do a quick fix and that may or may not work. Um, you know, we're trying to build this thing so that we continue to grow in a positive direction. And then once we get it right, you know, we're very good every year. And talking about that, that progress, uh, taking the next step, um, in terms of Rutgers overall, the athletic department, obviously the past year, a lot of programs have taken a step forward, uh, winning the NCAA tournament games. What has the camaraderie been like within the athletic department and how important has that been just in terms of facilities, um, you know, and, and everything that's going on at Rutgers in terms of helping you get to that next step with this program? It's been great. You know, uh, it's a big place, obviously. So it's, you know, you're not always around all the coaches all the time, like you are at smaller schools, but you know, we, we use each other, you know, in, in phone calls. Uh, there's a lot of head coaches calls to discuss better ways of doing things or how to solve problems. Um, it's, it's, everyone knows how to identify problems, right? It's solving them. That's the, that's the issue. Uh, so, you know, you, you get some sharing of thoughts um, on how, you know, successful teams are, are operating and things like that. Um, you know, we have tremendous leadership. You know, Pat has, has laid the vision and, and, you know, built some tremendous facilities, which is a big part of, of success at this level in the Power Five. Um, and he continues to work, you know, work relentlessly to, uh, to get us up to par. Um, you know, obviously he said, you know, he's excited about, um, you know, this era being, you know, the, the greatest athletic uh, era for our, for our school. And, and um, a lot of programs are trending in that direction. There's, there's good momentum. Um, there's a lot of, you know, positive feelings. There's a fan base, you know, getting ignited a little bit and being excited about different programs doing so well. Um, and that's, you know, that's fall programs, winter programs and spring programs. So Rutgers obviously belongs in the big 10. 
Um, and that's being, you know, proven by a lot of, uh, a lot of success in a lot of sports. And, you know, I feel, I feel that, um, you know, we're hoping to be a big part of that um, and do our job as well. And last question for you, coach, just in terms of expectations for this season, you know, D1Baseball.com picked you to finish sixth in the Big Ten. Like you said last year, would have made the Big Ten tournament for the first time. Uh, what, what are the necessary keys to this team to be able to accomplish your goals and also take another step forward this season? We're going to be pretty good on the back end of the bullpen. We weren't last year. Uh, we didn't have enough guys. Um, to do that, um, we have we have some we have a very good collection of arms, you know, good pretty good stuff and some good velocities. Um, you know, we returned Stanovich, who's going should be one of the best closers in the conference. Um, you know, we've we've changed some roles of some pitchers. Uh, it's going to be more pitch by committee, so we we want max stuff for as long as guys can give it to us. We're not worried about length as much as how good you do while you're in there. So, you know, the focus is on winning, not who's pitching, how long they're pitching. It's just going from one guy to another. Um, we feel that we'll score runs and, and defend, and we have more choices um, depth-wise. There's a few different combinations that we can go with and still play very, you know, high-end defense. Um, it's an exciting team to watch hitting. We're, we're big and physical. Um, I like to hit home runs and score a lot of runs. And, uh, you know, we, I think we did a pretty good job of that last year. And hopefully, you know, we're like, we're playing inner squads. Now we hit home runs, then you worry about your pitching. And if you don't get, you don't hit any, then, you know, there's no winner to an inner squad. So we're excited to play somebody else, um, get the process going. Hey, we're going to make mistakes. Um, you know, we're not going to be perfect. Just like you never are practicing primarily inside to play an outside sport. Um, you got to grow and develop and mature. You look at our men's basketball team, you know, things are a little rocky at the beginning. Right. And, uh, and, and now, you know, they're, they've, they're three quarters of the way through the season and, and, you know, they're hitting their stride. So um, that's, that's, you know, you want to play your best baseball at the end of the year. Um, but again, you know, I think we're prepared to be successful at the beginning as well. And, we just hope we stay healthy and continue to grow and mature. And uh, I think we're a team that should be able to do a lot of things well, not one-dimensional. Rutgers baseball head coach Steve Owens uh, getting things going this weekend at Houston Baptist for a three-game series. Thanks so much for your time. I look forward to following your team this season. Thanks so much to head coach Steve Owens for giving us great insight on Rutgers baseball ahead of this year. I really think he's done a great job so far, and he just is very impressive in terms of how he talks about the program and, you know, he came in obviously with a lot of experience and I think that um, it shows, you know, he's uh, right now among the top 15 active division one coaches with wins. He has 941 wins in his career. And uh, I think, you know, obviously his experience has really bode well for this program early on. And I, I think we're just starting to scratch the surface in terms of where he can take this program and expect more progress in year three. They've been picked. Uh, to finish sixth in the conference by D1Baseball.com. Stick with us all season for continued coverage on Rutgers baseball and every Rutgers sport throughout the spring and the conclusion of the winter. Here at OnTheBanks.com, follow us at OTB underscore SB Nation on Twitter. We're on Facebook as well. Appreciate everyone's support. And as we go down the stretch runs for men's basketball, wrestling, 
and uh, much more. I also failed in the opening to mention uh, women's gymnastics. We posted another top 10 program finish this past weekend. Um, just a lot to be excited about. You also have rowing uh, coming around the corner, uh, finished number seven nationally last year. So it's really getting hard to keep up with all the positives that are going on within Rutgers Athletics, but we're doing our best to keep you updated and stick with us here at On The Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.